Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Amen. Good to see everybody. How are you doing tonight? Good. Praise God. So good to be with you. Pastor Philip, Michelle, always good to be with you guys. I won't be singing tonight, so could I give you that back? <laughs> I do sing, but you have to listen by faith and not be moved by what you hear. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, before I get started, uh, I have some guests with me tonight. Uh, first of all, our international directors from South Africa. They've been with me in our ministry for about 25 years, and uh, they're here in the country uh, with our uh, cabinet meeting uh, a week or so ago. Then we did a little vacation time down in Florida, and uh, then we're headed tomorrow to Branson for Brother Copeland's victory campaign. And this is John and Sharon Ben Dixon. John and Sharon, please stand. Give them a good warm welcome. Amen. Well, they have churches in South Africa, Bible schools, and they've just been some very precious friends of ours for many, many, many years. And then Eric Deaton is one of our associate ministers and also travels all over the world overseeing uh, various projects that we do. So, Eric, would you please stand and give him a good welcome? Amen. All right, and of course, you know Happy and Jeannie Caldwell. Happy, please stand, and <laughs> everybody say, Happy, Happy. <laughs> All right, praise God. Open your Bibles to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. You've heard me say this before, but I need to say it again. I learned from Brother Hagin many years ago. Some of you probably remember him saying that when Jesus appeared to him and placed his hand in the palm of Brother Hagin's hand and talked to him about the healing ministry and special anointing that would come on his life, he said every time he told it, there seemed to be a greater expectancy and also it seemed that that anointing got stronger and stronger. Well, back in 1991, Brother Copeland prophesied over me and said that I was entering into a new dimension of ministry. And he said, it's the ministry of the seer. He said, it's part of the prophetic ministry. And he said, God will begin to show you things that are coming and then hold you responsible for sharing them with the body of Christ wherever he sends you. Then shortly after that, uh, I was out in... Southern California, and I was at a Brother Kenneth Hagin meeting. And Brother Hagin prophesied over me and said basically the same thing, just a little bit different wording. And then not long after that, Oral Roberts uh, called me, and uh, I was in Anaheim, California. And he asked me when I was preaching again, I said, tonight. He said, well, Evelyn and I will be there. Have Carolyn to save a seat next to her. We'll be coming to hear you preach. After the service, he said to me, I'm not going to tell you what I heard and what I saw while you were preaching. I'm going to write it to you in a letter. So when you get home, expect a letter from me. So a few days later when I got home, I had a four-page handwritten letter from Oral Roberts. And he said in the beginning of it, he said, when I heard you preach last Thursday night, he said, I, I saw you preaching with a new anointing, a prophetic anointing. And he said, I encourage you every time you go to the pulpit, preach prophetically. And then not long after that, I was in Tulsa and uh, with T.L. and Daisy Osborne. These are the four men that were my mentors, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagan, Oral Roberts, and T.L. and Daisy Osborne. Everything I know about missions, I learned from the Osbournes. And uh, Brother Osborne made a statement to me uh, that was almost word for word what Brother Hagan, what Brother Copeland what Brother Roberts had said. So all four of my mentors saw the same thing, heard the same thing within just a matter of a couple of months of each other. 
So from that time until now, I have set aside special time during the month of October every year since 1991 to just listen to what the Lord would say to me regarding things to come. You remember the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, when he comes, he'll not only lead and guide you in all truth, but he'll show you things to come. So this is part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be the last one to find out what God's up to. Uh, I remember when, back when I came to the Lord in 1969, I didn't, I didn't know anything. I mean, I would learned John 3.16 as a little boy. That was about the extent of my knowledge of the Word of God. I'd read the story about Samson. I knew that story. I liked it, and I read it quite often. And, uh, you know, maybe David and Goliath. But, but the Word of God I knew nothing about until 1969 when I surrendered my life to the Lord. And uh, I began to study the Word, and with the help of, first of all, Kenneth Copeland. He's the man that uh, God sent to Shreveport, Louisiana, where Carol and I were living. And, uh, and he brought the message of faith. Uh, that changed my life. And from that moment, I began to study the, the message of faith and the Word of God. And I remember uh, one day walking into the bedroom. Carolyn was in the bedroom. I said, Carolyn, did you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote the same story? She said, is that all you've learned today? I said, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I didn't know that. She put her hand right on my forehead. Now, she'd been baptized in the Holy Ghost since she's nine years old. And she put her hand right on my forehead. And she said, get on back in there. You're going to learn something. I thought I had learned something. I didn't know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote the same story. So I went back into the, my study, and I said, Lord, why did you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John write the same story? He said, I knew you wouldn't get it in one. <laughs> Don't laugh. Some of you hadn't got it yet. But anyway... Uh, that was revelation to me. I didn't know that, you know. But from there, I began to study the Word. And uh, uh, when, when I entered into this new dimension of ministry, I've always loved the Word. I can't, I can't get enough of it. And I'm sure that many of you are like that as well. That's my favorite thing to do is study the Word. And you'd think after, I'm in my 53rd year of ministry this year, you'd think after 53 years and thousands of sermons that I've preached in 49 different nations that you'd know everything there is to know about the Word. But every time I get in it, I find out it's inexhaustible. Amen. Amen. There's just so much more revelation knowledge to be gathered in and to be taken and to receive. Amen. So... Uh, you, just, you just never get to the point where you think, I know it all now. No, you don't. There's still so much more. So in October, when I go before the Lord to ask Him, what's on your agenda for the coming new year? Sometimes I hear it within the first couple of hours I'm praying. Sometimes it may be later in the day. Sometimes it may be a couple of days down the road. Sometimes it's been as long as a week or so before I... I know that I know that I've heard uh, what's on his agenda for the coming new year. Now, in October of 2021, on October the 1st, I went into prayer uh, seeking the Lord as to what can we expect in 2022. And every time I close my eyes, the way I do, I start off by just closing my eyes and praying in the Spirit. And I may pray in the Spirit for a few minutes, I may pray in the Spirit for an hour. I may pray in the Spirit for a couple hours. But this particular time on October the 1st, when I closed my eyes and began praying in the Spirit, I would see a hand coming out of heaven, an open hand like this. And I didn't think much of it at first, but every time I closed my eyes and began to pray in the Spirit, I kept seeing this hand come out of heaven, an open hand. So I asked the Lord, does this have anything to do with the prophetic word that you want me to teach throughout 2022. He said it has everything to do with it. Then he said this, study the hand of God. And uh, as I did, he said to me, tell the people, and since you're the people, I'm telling you right now, 
and I've been, I've been doing this everywhere I've gone since October of 2021. Now, the first place I've preached is at my own church in Crowley, which is just a suburb of Fort Worth. And I spend about three weeks just teaching on that, and then I take it to the rest of the nation, and then the rest of the world as the Lord opens the doors. Uh, you know, we haven't been able to go around the world like we have in the past for the last couple of years because of COVID. But everything's opening up now, and I'm getting ready to go back to the world. Praise God. Amen. But everywhere I've been across America, this is what I've been teaching. And, of course, the Lord, you know, you give out, and, and you give, and, and you receive more insight, more revelation. Every time I preach it, I learn more. I receive more. Now, I can't cover everything in one service that I've learned since October about the hand of God, but I'm going to give you enough that I trust uh, you will never be the same, praise God. Amen? Never be the same. Now, Psalm 145, I learned this, and if you're taking notes, you might want to write it down. There, there are two specific things that the hand of God in the Bible is symbolic of. Number one, it represents or is symbolic of God's supreme authority and power. Many times when it's referring to God's supreme power and authority, it will use the phrase, the right hand of God. Now, you've probably seen that in your Bible, the right hand of God. That's usually a reference to God's uh, power and God's authority. But then other times you'll see just the phrase, the hand of God. And that is usually always symbolic of supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. So let's look at it, first of all, in Psalm 145. And let's begin in verse 8. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Now drop down to verse 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Now notice verse 16 in particular. Thou openest thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So here, when it talks about thou openest thine hand, it's talking about supernatural provision. Now here's what the Lord said to me. He said, tell the people that if they will not be shaken by all the chaos and all the disorder that is taking place in their world today, then I will open my hand and I will cause them to experience supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision. Amen. Amen. So say this with me right now. In the name of Jesus, I am determined I will not be shaken. I will not be moved by all the chaos and all the disorder that is in the world around me. I'm expecting to experience the open hand of God. And because of it, He will provide for me supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision. And because I believe it, I believe I'll give Him a shout in advance. So let's do it. Praise God. Amen. Now, every year, every year when I receive the word that, that I'm to emphasize, and, and it, it is this, 2022, the year of the open hand of God. I have my art department put that in, in, in an art form and lettering, and we give every member of our church a copy of this. We want everybody believing the same thing. We want everybody on the same page. Then I ask them as they experience it to give me the testimonies so I can share the testimonies to people all over the world. Okay? Now, we do this every year. And once again, this year, 2022, the open hand of God. Now, Brother Copeland, uh, the word he received from the Lord was the year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection in the spirit, soul, and body, in finances, churches, and government. Okay? He had this printed, and then because I do all of his victory campaigns with him, he put the word of the Lord that I have 
was given, the open hand of God. 2022, the year of the open hand of God, unusual, extraordinary, and supernatural provision. Now, in my study, I discovered this, and I've I've done in-depth study, and I'm still studying, and I'm going to give you some things right hot off the press I got today, hallelujah, when I arrived here. I learned this in my study that the number 20 in the Hebrew represents an open hand. I thought that was very interesting. The number 20 represents an open hand, and it also means giving freely and uh, giving freely, and it also represents provision. The number 22, as in 2022, I thought this was interesting, in the Hebrew represents disorder and chaos. So what the Lord said to me was this, the disorder and the chaos will not end in 2022. It won't end. In fact, Paul said perilous times will come. It'll probably get worse. But that doesn't mean we have to be shaken by it. In fact, if you'll read what Paul said regarding perilous times in in his letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said perilous times shall come. The Amplified Bible says times of great stress uh, and and, uh, hardships Uh, great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. But notice the word impossible is not in it. Hard to deal with and hard to bear, but not impossible. And then Paul continued to write, and if you keep reading, he tells us how that we can deal with perilous times. Continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. So, I tell people, if you haven't learned anything yet, you're in trouble. But you people have learned something. I'm still living today, 53 years later, on the same principles I learned from Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, T.L. Osmond, and Oral Roberts. I'm not looking for any new message because this one still worketh. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I find a lot of preachers are always looking for something new, something that will tickle people's ears, something that will draw the biggest crowds. You know, I told my staff years ago, when all these uh, guys that make a big splash and, and, and draw the big crowds and, and, you know, have the most charisma, when they're all said and done, we'll still be here Amen. preaching the same thing. Amen. Amen. Because it works. Hallelujah. Well, most of them have come and gone. I'm still here. 53 years later, and I haven't changed my message at all. All I've done is I've learned more, and I've got more experience, and I've got more testimonies with it. So continue in what you've learned. Amen? Now, you may not like this. I think you will, because this is a different kind of church. Philip's your pastor here. Amen. I said not too long ago in a meeting, one of, the, one of the things that most Christians are failing to do today because of all the chaos and trouble, they're not watching their mouth. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the first things I learned in 1969 put a guard over my vocabulary. Watch my mouth. Watch my words. And I'm hearing a lot of Christians that used to do that that are no longer doing it. In fact, they're spending too much time watching CNN. Amen. Amen. And I I can't find anywhere in the Bible where faith cometh by watching CNN. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word. Now, something does come by watching CNN all the time. Fear, dread, misery, distress. So don't watch it. It's like somebody told me, said, Brother Jerry, every time I watch CNN, I get so depressed. I said, let me help you. Don't watch it. Don't you remember the guy went to the doctor and said, Doc, every time I raise my hand up like this, it hurts so bad. He said, well, don't do that. <laughs> well, if CNN depresses you, you don't have to watch it. That's, that's what that controls for that you have in your hand. You can flip the channel. To Victory Network, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And here's some good news, praise God. So notice once again, 
Thou openest thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Now, back up to verse 15. The eyes of all wait upon thee. If you have an amplified Bible, you might be interested in how it reads. When it says, the eyes of all wait upon thee, the amplified Bible says, watching, looking, and expecting. Watching, looking, and expecting. It's a proven fact. You get what you expect. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus said it this way, be it unto thee according to your faith. But real Bible faith expects. Amen. I I never say I'm believing God and not expecting something. I never say I'm I'm using my faith and not expecting something. Amen. My faith, I I never declare my faith with a question mark at the end. My faith comes out with an exclamation mark. I'm expecting something. Amen. I'm expecting something. So notice once again, those who watch, look, and expect will experience the open hand of God. So what are you expecting this year? Got quiet in this Presbyterian church. I say, what are we expecting this year? Are you expecting to go through the same thing everybody else is going through? You know, the disciples asked Jesus one time, what are the signs of the end? What are the signs of your coming? And one of the first things he said was, see that no man deceive you. So that tells me that the end, there'll be a lot of deception. And it's already happening. We may not be in the final stages of the end, but we are certainly in the last days. Amen. And, and one of the first things he said was, see that no man deceive you. Then he next thing that, that I made a note of that he said, see that you be not troubled. Amen. Now, he talks about all this trouble that will be taking place in the end and before his appearing and so forth. And yet he says, there is a way that you can live in a world full of trouble and not be troubled. Amen. Amen. That's good news to me. How about you? I've shared this and and, uh, I want to share it again here tonight. From 2020, when all this hit, my last meeting in 2020 was in Denver, Colorado. And I was there for Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. Then I got an airplane and flew back to Fort Worth. The next morning, everything broke loose. COVID. Okay. Everything shut down. Uh, I was scheduled to be all over Europe the following week. Had to cancel all those meetings. Uh, About two months later, I was scheduled to be all over Africa. Had to cancel all those meetings. Uh, Had to cancel all of the church tours here in America. I did not leave Fort Worth from March until August because everything was shut down. Our church back home, we could only have uh, the pastor and a you know, a couple of people on the instruments and, and maybe four or five staff, you know, 10 people at the most in the, in, the, in the building. And it was that way for a short time because our governor in Texas is very lenient. <laughs> and uh, we didn't have to go through what a lot of other states went through. But eventually we got back to normal. But because other states were not experiencing uh, the leniency that our governor had given the state of Texas, we couldn't travel. Now, Brother Copeland and I did victory campaigns, virtual victory campaigns at Eagle Mountain Church, but we never left Fort Worth. You could, you could watch them online and so forth. And, and as far away from my home as I got was Eagle Mountain Church from March till August, okay? Now, I do have a church. I'm the founding pastor, but I'm the worst attending member there, Okay? <laughs> Because I'm going all the time. I, I may get to preach in our church maybe eight, ten times a, in the, a year at the most. And we have wonderful pastors. But I travel. And, and I travel all over the world. For 52 years, I have averaged 22 days out every month away from my home. Because that's what I do. Amen. And I love it. Amen. I just turned 75 and, and I'm not slowing down. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Amen. Uh, don't have all the hair I used to have. It's not the same color it used to be. 
Yeah, it's still good looking, though. You know. <laughs> I'm not asking for a vote on that. But anyway, uh, I'm not slowing down. But my point is, a traveling ministry normally depends on the offerings from the places where they travel yes, to keep the ministry running. Amen. That's the way it was when I first started. And it was that way for years when I first started. But over the years, I've developed a, a very strong partner program, partnership, and I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. My ministry is self-contained. Yeah, I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. Amen. Because our partner base is strong, and uh, I go because I want to. I heard in 1969, go ye, and I haven't heard yet, stop ye. So I go because I want to. Amen. I'm here tonight because I want to be here. Amen. It's, it's, it's what I want to do. Okay. But my point is, even though I, had, I wasn't traveling from March until August, 2020 was the greatest year we'd ever had financially. We broke all records. Amen. 2021, we topped that. Yes, and yes, the sir. first three months of this year has already topped Amen. that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So am I troubled by all this chaos? Not at all. No, Do I look troubled? No. I'm not troubled at all. Amen. I don't go to bed with one worried thought. I don't, and not only that, but CNN is not my source. Amen. Somebody said, well, don't you want to be informed? You call that informed? You know why they have to reprint the newspaper every day? Because it's old news by the tomorrow. The word of the Lord. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And you're never going to go to Philippians 4.19 and say... My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory unless you're in a pandemic. That's right. It'll never say it. It'll, he'll promise to meet your needs regardless of what's happening around you. All He's asking is look for it, watch for it, and expect it. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm looking for it. I'm watching for it. And I'm expecting it. And it shall be according to my faith. And give the Lord another shout of praise. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, Psalm 145, once again, where it says, Thou openest thy hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The message translations adds this. And you lavish your favor on all. Now, if you know anything about me. Yes, sir. <laughs> I am Mr. Favor. I am Dr. Favor. That's what I'm known for around the world. God told me in 1969 when I'd never heard anybody talk about the favor of God. I didn't even know it existed. And one morning in prayer, and I'm, I'm three months old in the Lord, one morning in prayer, and I, the Lord told me, journal everything I say to you. And I've kept journals all these years, 52 years of journals. They're all in my archives. And uh, one morning I was praying, and the Lord said, I'm going to teach you how to walk in my favor. And there will come a day when your name will be known around the world for the favor of God that's on your life and ministry, and I'll hold you responsible for teaching others how to walk in it as you do. Now, I wrote all that in my journal, 1969, okay? I didn't even tell my wife. I mean, I'm three months old in the Lord. She's been filled with the Holy Ghost since she's eight years old. Who am I to go tell somebody who's been serving the Lord that long? Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> and I certainly didn't tell anybody at the church we were going to. Now, I, I started attending the church that Carolyn grew up in. But I didn't go the next day and say, guess what the Lord told me? They would have thought I'd lost my mind. Amen. Three months old in the Lord and your name's going to be known around the world someday for the favor of God on your life? I didn't tell a soul. But over a period of time, that's exactly what happened. And today, that's my signature message, I call it. 
That's what I'm known for, the favor of God. So anytime I see the word favor in the Bible, my antenna goes up. Okay? So here's the message translation. He will open his hand and lavish you with favor. Lavish you with favor. Everybody say, lavish me with favor. Now, what does lavish mean? Characterized by extravagance and profusion. Extravagance. Now, that's, that's the title of my message tonight. I'm through with my introduction. Extravagant favor. Extravagant favor. What do you mean by that? Extravagant favor. Well, extravagant is defined as unrestrained. Unrestrained. Having no limits. No boundaries. Amen. In other words, God wants to do things for you that most other people would never even dream of. God wants things happening in your life that most people, it won't happen to them in a lifetime. But God wants it happening to you this year. This year. You missed a good opportunity to say, I receive it, praise God. Extravagant, unrestrained, having no limits or boundaries. Amen. Extravagant favor. Now, I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Once again, we, our theme tonight is the open hand of God will produce extravagant favor on your life. Expect it, look for it, watch for it. Verse 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. That's the King James. Now, the Amplified Bible says, that through his kindness, his gracious generosity, and his unmerited favor, you might become abundantly supplied. Unmerited favor, meaning you can't earn it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. It's a gift from God. Amen. Jesus did everything for you that you might enjoy it. Amen. That's the reason... Amplified uses, uh, most of the time when it talks about favor, unmerited favor. That means we didn't do anything to deserve it. You can't get good enough to get it. All you got to do is make Jesus Lord of your life. And his blessing and his favor comes on you then. You're you're blessed right now. You're favored right now. Whether you've ever... He walked in it or enjoyed it or, or, or had manifestations of it. It's on you. Amen. Amen. I left Fort Worth with it on me. I'm standing here tonight with it on me. I'm going to go to bed tonight with it on me. I'm going to get up in the morning with it on me. And not only that, different from a lot of Christians, I get up every morning expecting it to manifest in some way. I don't care if it's nothing more than getting a front row parking place at the mall. Amen. You'll hear me say out loud, that's the favor of God. Uh, uh, somebody, in, uh, if I'm in a restaurant and I get ready to pay the bill and the waiter says, somebody already covered it for you, they're going to hear me say out loud, that's the favor Amen. of God. Amen. Amen. I learned to do that a long time ago. The Lord said, every time you experience the favor of God, stop right there, say out loud, that's the favor of God. And he said, if you'll do that, then you'll begin to experience Expect it more, and you'll begin to experience it more. In fact, I just finished a book that's coming out here in the next few weeks. Hey, that's the favor of God. That's what I called it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so notice it says, through his kindness and his gracious generosity and his undeserved and unmerited favor, you might become abundantly supplied. Okay, now. How many of you are familiar with the Passion Translation? The Passion Translation says this. Extravagant grace. Extravagant grace. And if you know anything about grace, 
it is synonymous with favor. Amen? If you talk about the grace of God, you're talking about the favor of God. You're talking about the favor of God, you're talking about the grace of God. Amen? They're, they're the same. Okay, so here you could say, and not, not take away from the meaning, when it says extravagant grace, you could call it extravagant favor. And that's what I call it. Amen. Extravagant favor. As we've seen from the Amplified Bible, grace is also translated undeserved or unmerited favor. So, once again, that means we didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. It's a gift from God. And it is to receive, be received. How many of you say, I receive God's favor on my life? Amen. Now, if you receive it, then why don't you expect it to show up? I do every day. I remember years ago, and, and like I said, God began to teach me about the favor of God in 1969. And I, I'm saying this, and I, and I believe I, I'm, I'm safe in saying it, and I'm not, ex, I'm not being boastful or, or you know, uh, trying to pat myself on the back but I believe I'm, I'd be safe in saying this, I have preached more sermons, written more books, produced more resources on the favor of God than any other minister of our generation. That's what I'm known for all over the world. Brother, Brother Hagen was known for faith. Brother Oral Roberts was known for miracles and healing. Brother Copeland, I believe his signature message is prosperity. Amen. Uh, T.L. Osborne, uh, missions. Uh, Billy Graham, decision. Jerry Savelle, favor. That's my signature message. That's what I preach all over the world. Uh, there's even been songs written about me and the favor of God. You can look up on, on uh, YouTube. A man by the name of Terry Minor, uh, a recording artist, wrote us a song called Give Me the Favor Flow. Give Me the Favor Flow. I want favor like Jerry Savelle. When's the last time somebody wrote a song like you? Right. About you. Huh? Now it's one of them hip-hop songs, and I've never cared that much for hip-hop, but I'm liking it. I'm trying to learn the moves. Come on, help me, brother. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, favor. Now, when I see the words extravagant favor. My goodness, if I told you all the testimonies of the favor of God I've experienced in 52 years, we'd be here another 52 years because it has been nonstop with me. Gloria Copeland said one time, Jerry, I've never met anybody that has experienced more of the favor of God than you. And it's just something that happens to me all the time. But it's something God wants happening to all of his people all Amen. the time. Amen. The only difference in me and maybe some of you is I learned about it. I began decreeing it. I began expecting it. And it happens all the time. I'm not surprised that I experienced the favor of God. I'm always surprised at how God goes about doing it. Yeah. Let me give you an example. You got time? Yes, sir. Okay. Just this year. Well, let me back up. The last quarter of 2021, when I, when I preached this message on the open hand of God to my church the first time, the first time I brought the message to them, the second time that I was going to expound upon it, one of our first offerings, and not from a church member, this person hadn't even heard me preach about the open hand of God yet. One of our first offerings to Jerry Seville Ministries International was a million dollars. And they said to me, that happens to me all the time. Happens to you all the time. <laughs> they said to me, 30 some odd years ago, the first time we heard you, you were one of the first word of faith preachers we ever heard. You were, you were asking for, uh, it was uh, one of my meetings where I rented an auditorium, and you were asking the last day for partners that would be willing to give $10 a month. And they said, we couldn't even afford $10 a month. We couldn't even be your partner the first time we heard you. They said, well, we kept getting your messages. 
kept getting your books, kept listening. And then uh, we, we, of course, Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savelle, it's almost one and the same, you know. So we've been preaching together for 52 of my 53 years. And uh, they said, and we started listening to Brother Copeland. Then that brought on Brother Hagin and, and, and uh, you know, others. Uh, Fred Price and Charles Cabb and Abby Caldwell, they'd, they'd listen to all of them. But I was one of the first that they'd ever heard preach the Word of Faith. And they couldn't even afford $10 a month. But as they kept listening and they kept learning and they kept acting on the Word, God began to bless them and God began to give business ideas to them. And those ideas began to prosper. And eventually they had several businesses and one of them they sold and a portion of the tithe from that business was the million dollars they sent me. Isn't that amazing? A portion. A portion. Now, I, had, I hadn't even preached two weeks on the open hand of God, supernatural, extraordinary, unusual provision, and it was already happening the second week of October. Okay? And by the time we reached the end of the year, we had broken all records Glory from the God. previous year. Okay? Then coming into 2022, just amazing things. Now, these people know me. They, they can tell you that they see it on me all the time. They see uh, the things that, that God does. And, uh, and, and some of them, if I didn't have people traveling with me and knew me well, some, of them, some people would think I'm making it up. Some people say, it's too good to be true. Well, it does sound like too good to be true, but it's true. Amen. I don't lie. I don't make these things up. Amen. Amen. Now, during 2022, or 2020 rather, I'd been believing God for 20 years for a Falcon 50 so I could travel internationally without having to fly the commercial airlines anymore. And right now, if you know anything about the commercial airlines, you don't know if you're going to get on one or not. You don't know if they're going to cancel it at the gate. And when you have preached in 49 different nations and many of them, they only get you so far and then you have to rent a car and drive another eight hours to get somewhere, then you understand why I need an international jet. It's not, it's not some kind of status symbol. It's not a toy. It's not something to brag about. It's a tool. Just like this building is a tool for these pastors. It's a tool. Okay, so God had blessed me with, with airplanes. My first one was 1975. And all these years, God's been blessing me with airplanes. I'd outgrow them, give them away, and, and believe for the next one. And, and I'd never owned an airplane up until 2020 that would take me internationally. Uh, the, the, the one that I've had prior to that uh, maybe a 1,900 nautical mile range. That'll get me anywhere in America from Fort Worth, get me up to Canada and back, get me down to South America. But it wouldn't take me across the Atlantic and it wouldn't take me across the Pacific. Okay? So the Falcon 50 is, is the plane that, that I really felt strong about that the Lord wanted me to have. In fact, I called Happy one time and I said, do you know anybody in your church that might work at the Falcon plant here in Little Rock? Because they come from France. They're built in France. They come to Little Rock and, and a, as a shell, and then they go through all these stations, and by the time they get to the end, they're ready to sell on the U.S. market. So Happy knew somebody that worked there, and he set up a tour for me. So my pilot and I went through the tour of the Falcon plant, and by the time I come out on the other end, I said, God, that's the plane I believe you want me to have. And the reason being is because it's three engines, and I'm over the water all the time. I fly overseas more than Kenneth Copeland, more than Jesse Duplantis, more than Creflo Dollar. I'm over, over the water all the time, okay? And I want that third engine for safety. And one of the things I learned about the Falcon is you can take off 
And if you lose an engine over the Atlantic, over the Pacific, you can safely fly that plane with two engines, land the plane with two engines, and take off and come home with two engines. On a two-engine jet, even if it's international capability, you lose an engine, you're grounded until you replace that engine. I don't want to be grounded in Nigeria. I don't want to be grounded in, in some nation where I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I'd still have an airplane if it was grounded there and waiting to get another engine. So that was another feature of the Falcon that I was really drawn to. Okay? So anyway, I've been sowing seed all these years. I've sowed airplanes. God had blessed me with nine different debt-free airplanes, and I'd, I'd only sold one of them. I sold, S-O-W-E-D, the others. I'd been sowing, sowing, sowing. You can't have a harvest without sowing. Amen. Sowing. Every time uh, I'd hear somebody believing for an international jet, I'd sow into it. I sowed into Keith Morris. I sowed into Jesse. I showed, sowed into Brother Copeland's. Okay? Now, wouldn't you know, wouldn't this be just like God? 2020, when most people are screaming, worst of times, God bless me with that Falcon jet, debt free, paid for, hallelujah. Amen. I flew it here today, praise God. Woo, it's nice. I, I can't sit down in it, happy. The first trip I made was from Fort Worth to California, and I walked all the way up and down my cabin. Up and down my car. I never owned an airplane that I could stand up in. And I couldn't sit down. I was so overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord and the goodness of God. I walked all the way from California shouting, praising God. And in a little while, my chief pilot came back there. He said, Brother Jerry, if you think riding in this thing or something, you ought to come up here and fly it. He said, the joy of the Lord's all over me. Can I come shout with you? I said, help yourself, brother. Amen. Oh, man, it, it is amazing. That happened in 2020 when most people are screaming, worst of times, worst of times, I'm having my best of times. Amen. Amen. Now, let's talk about extravagant favor. Now, listen to this. When we, when we went to look at the plane, it was, it was based in San Marcos, Texas. A businessman from Houston had bought it. It was based in Austria before he got it, brought it to Texas. And uh, we found out that it was for sale. And so we went down to San Marcos to look at it. And while we're looking at it and praying over it, I felt the Lord say, this is the plane I've, I've provided for you. So I told my chief pilot, uh, the broker was in the plane with us. I said, ask the broker to step outside and shut the door, and I want us to pray over this. So we began praying. And the Lord said, this is your plane. And tell the broker when he comes back up that you'll pay what he's asking for it. I said, Lord, why would I want to do that? That's not the way we do things down here. You know, you, you, I mean, people ask for a price for an airplane, but it's always negotiable. Okay? I said, why would I want to pay what he's asking when it's negotiable. He said, tell him you'll pay what he's asking and I'll make it up to you on the end. Well, I didn't know what that meant, but in obedience to God, uh, I said, bring the broker back up and he come up in the plane and I said, sir, this is my airplane. I'm going to buy it for you, from you. I'm going to pay cash and I'll give you what you're asking for. It. He kind of did a double take. You don't want to negotiate? I want to say, yeah, but God don't want me to, but I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, no, I'm going to pay you what you're asking for. It. He was shocked. I said, so uh, let's, let's get the lawyers to draw up the papers. And I said, now, we want to go into a pre-buy to make sure everything's on the up and up. Well, when we got into the pre-buy, we found out that there were four inspections that were past due. And you can't legally sell that plane with those inspections past due. So we told him. Uh, you tell the owner, he's got to bring those, those inspections up to current before he can sell the plane. And then we'll pay him what he's asking for. It. So they went to the owner 
Now, remember now, the Lord said, I'm talking about extravagant favor. Amen. The Amen. Lord said, I'll make it up to you at the end. That's right. The first inspection cost a quarter of a million dollars. The second inspection cost $110,000. The third inspection cost right at $100,000. So that's already, the owner's already having to pay about half a million dollars on inspections before he can ever sell it. Now, this is to my benefit. Yes, sir. Okay? Then he came back to us and said, the owner said he's not going to pay for that last inspection. You pay for it if you want the plane, and he'll knock a quarter of a million dollars off the price. I said, tell him we'll do it. That last inspection cost less than $100,000. I got a quarter of a million dollars knocked off. I made $150,000. Everywhere we turned on this plane, it was extravagant favor. I got that plane. You, you couldn't touch that plane for what I got it for. And the selling point was, it's an older Falcon, but the selling point was it only had 4,100 hours on it. I looked at 2018 models that had 12, 15, 18,000 hours on them. 4,100 hours on a, uh, an intercontinental jet, it's not even broke in good. And I got it for pennies on the dollar. I call that extravagant favor. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Extravagant favor. Hallelujah. And I'm not an isolated case. God's no respecter of persons. The only difference between me and some of you, I look for it. I expect it. I'm watching for it all the time. Amen. All the time. I say, when you have the favor of God on your life, you can have the world's best and not have to pay the world's price. Amen. Just, just uh, a few days ago, we had some of our international directors in. We usually bring them in every uh, March and have meetings with them and so forth. And this year, we wanted to take them on, on, on a holiday, a vacation. So Carolyn uh, and my secretaries began to do some research about uh, a house in Florida, near Seaside, Florida, that we could rent for the week. And uh, they kept looking and, you know, finding something that was nice and, and near everything we wanted to be near. And so... They got it all set up. So we got down there, and, uh, you know, sometimes the brochures are a little different than the actual. Okay? Anybody ever experienced that? Okay. So it was was okay, but it wasn't what we were expecting. Okay? So uh, a gentleman that Eric knew, actually he was your Sunday school teacher way back in his younger days. And Eric had invited him to come to our president's cabinet meeting, which represents all of our missions board. These are people that help us do what we do all over the world. And and he invited him to come as an observer to see if he might be interested in serving on that board. So I had just met him, just met him that, that one night. Well, Eric tells him that we're going to Florida and tells him what part of Florida we're going to. He tells him, and we didn't know this until we got down to Florida. Eric knew it. I didn't know it. He tells him that he just bought a house in Florida right there in the same area where we were going to rent this house. And he said, we just bought it. Nobody stayed in it yet. So... When, when we saw the house we were going to stay in, Eric called him and said, would this house be available? He said, uh, we're down here with Brother Jerry. He said, you tell Brother Jerry, I'd love for him to stay in my house. Amen. Free of charge. Amen. Oh, it was a beautiful house. It was a wonderful house. Oh, hallelujah. It was over the top, wasn't it? Ah. It was extravagant favor. Amen. 
didn't charge us a dime. He wouldn't even let us pay for the cleaning afterwards. He, he, all we did is take out the trash. Amen. Didn't have to do a thing and enjoyed it for a week. And he was glad to do it. He said, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to know that Brother Jerry was the first one who ever stayed in my house. Hallelujah. I call that extravagant favor. Amen. Now, we didn't know when we set up that trip. We didn't know this man had a house. We didn't know that it was available to us. But God knew all that. God set all that up. What do you suppose he's working on right now for you? If you'll just look for it, watch for it, and expect it. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, I've got, I got stories like that I could tell you all night long. Extravagant favor. Start believing for it. Amen. So once again, extravagant favor. It's available to us. God wants to pour it out on each and every one of us. And what I'm hearing him say is, 2022, I will open my hand to those who will not be shaken by all the chaos and all the disorder, and they can expect to experience supernatural, extraordinary, and unusual provision. And I just happen to have a little bookmark for you. And if any of you others would like one, just contact our office. Only have a couple left. Well, you can have one. And here's one and here's one. That's all, I, that's all I have on me right now. But we keep these in front of all of our staff, in front of all of our church members, so that we're all decreeing the same thing. And we're getting some of the most wonderful testimonies from our people and people all over the nation who've heard me preach this. So I want to encourage you, begin to expect the open hand of God. Can you say amen? amen? I believe God wants it happening to everybody in this building. Amen. Now, let me define extravagant once again. Unrestrained. Extravagant favor, unrestrained. Excessive. Extreme. Profuse. Beyond limits. Another dictionary defines it as exceeding what is needed. Also, going beyond what is proper, going beyond what most people would say, that's enough, that's, that's all that's needed. That's not the God I serve. He's the God that does exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He's the God of more than enough. Amen. He's the generous God. Amen. He's, he's the God that loves to give. But so many of his own people Limit him. Well, if you've been one who limited him in the past, stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. Amen. Say, God, if you want to open your hand and pour out on me extravagant favor, then here I am. I'm a receiver, praise God. Search no more. Here am I. Amen. Come on, lift your hands and say, search no more. Here am I. Can you say Amen. Amen. Jesus went to extravagant lengths to redeem us out of the hand of the enemy. And then he provided for us extravagant favor so that we could always live in victory, praise God. Once again, we couldn't earn it, we didn't deserve it, but it's a gift from God. So I strongly suggest that you just simply receive it and then begin to watch for it and expect it. Amen. Now, I want to kind of wrap it up with this. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The Amplified Bible says, the grace or the favor, the Amplified always defines grace as favor, the grace or the favor and spiritual blessing of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now, that tells us that God wants us experiencing it. That's Paul's prayer for the body of Christ. He's saying the grace and the favor and the spiritual blessing of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. And where did Paul get his inspiration? The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. This is not just Paul's desire. It's God speaking through Paul, expressing his desire. Amen. And what is God's desire? 
He wants all of us. Be with you all. He wants all of us experiencing His grace, His favor, and His spiritual blessings. Amen. He's implying that it's not only uh, for, uh, it's not only, not only be with us all, but it's for us all, and it's for us all the time. Hallelujah. Not just occasionally. Hallelujah. I don't experience the favor of God occasionally. I experience it all the time. Why? Because I expect it. Amen. Not because I'm so good, because He's so good. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to challenge you to dare to believe that it can happen to you. Mark chapter 9 verse 23 says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. The New Living Translation says, Anything is possible if a person believes. And what does it mean to believe? It's a firm persuasion. It's a confident expectation. It's counting on God's word and its authority alone. Just like the the man, the centurion that came to Jesus and said, my servant lieth at home. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, you don't have to do that. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, I've never seen greater faith than this. What was he referring to? The man had confidence in what came out of Jesus' mouth, and that's all the evidence he needed. Amen. That's believing. That's real Bible believing. Just what the Word says, and that's all the evidence I need. Amen. I don't have to see it first. I don't have to feel it first. Amen. Amen. If God says it, that settles it. I believe it. Can you say amen? amen. So, once David said in Psalm 27, 13, I'm sure now that I'll see the goodness of God. Notice how he said, I'm sure. I'm sure of this. I will see the goodness of God. Notice how he was expressing not only what he believed, but he also expressed what he was expecting. I know now that I will see the goodness of God. Paul tells us, quoting from the Old Testament, in 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul says, uh, I believed Therefore have I spoken. If you believe something, you're going to talk it. Amen? If you truly believe that God wants to open His hand to you and He wants you to experience extravagant favor, then you're going to talk it. Not just in a service, not just in my presence. You're going to talk it all the time. Amen? You're doing it anyway. Whatever you truly believe, that's what you're talking about all the time. If you truly believe you're going to get laid off, you talk it. You truly believe you're going to get the COVID, you get it. You truly believe you're going to die young, send out the announcements. You'll get it. You, you talk what you believe. Amen. So Paul says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Jerry Savelle believes that he's going to experience throughout this year and beyond Amen. the open hand of God. Amen. That's the reason I'm talking it all the time. Glory That's the reason I'm printing it on everything I can print it on. That's the reason I'm producing books about it. Amen. I believe it and I talk it. And the more I talk it, the more I experience it. Amen. And the more I experience it, the more I talk it. Amen. And the more I talk it, the more I experience Glory it. It's an unending cycle, hallelujah. And it can happen to anybody in this room. I'll close it with this. Job twenty-two twenty-eight: Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. Glory to God. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. What does the word established mean? To be confirmed. God confirms the word with signs following. If you talk it enough, God will confirm it. And to confirm means to ratify and to make valid. So what's coming out of your mouth if it's the Word of God, then God will confirm it with signs following. He will ratify it and He will make it valid. One, one translation I read years ago, it said, if you, will, if you will decree it enough, eventually it will become a common occurrence. Amen. Amen. If you decree it enough, eventually it will become a common occurrence. Amen. Now the latter part of that verse Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. 
the Amplified Bible says, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Hallelujah. So we'll notice the connection here with talking, decreeing, and the favor of God. Thou shalt decree a thing, it shall be established, and the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. And the word shine here means to cause to manifest. So the more you talk it, the more it will manifest. Amen. So I want to encourage you tonight when you leave here, start decreeing, I walk in extravagant favor. Extravagant favor shows up in my life all the time. I'm watching for it. I'm looking for it. I'm expecting it, praise God. And then when it happens, be sure and stop right then and say out loud, no matter who's listening, that's the favor of God. Amen. That's the favor of God. I did that one time in a, 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 I was buying some land. And I had favor on this land. Got it for a ridiculous price, unheard of price. And uh, several real estate agents came to my office and wanted to know how I got it. They said, how did you get that land? We've been trying to get that land for a long time. How did you get it? I said, the favor of God. They said, no, who do you know? I said, God. <laughs> One of them got so mad, he stomped out of my office, turned around, gave me a dirty look and walked off. But the one... One of them stayed and said, I've never heard anything like that. Will it work for me? I said, yeah. He said, teach me. I said, how much time you got? <laughs> the favor of God. Decree it. Expect it. Amen. Say it with me right now. In Jesus' name, I'm a believer. So I have every right to expect extravagant favor manifesting in my life every day of my life. So therefore, I'm looking for it. I'm watching for it. I'm expecting it. I'm talking it. And praise God, I'll experience it. And give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that your best shout? Give the Lord your best shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God.